This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. This episode is brought to you by Smart Food Popcorn. Some decisions aren't the best, like skipping ahead in your favorite podcast. Think of all the banter you'll miss, the lore in the making. Luckily, Smart Food Popcorn is a no-brainer. Deliciously tasty and available in a variety of fun flavors. It's a smart decision every time. Smart food. Add smart. To learn more, visit smartfood.com. 16 years from today, Greg Gerstner will finally land the perfect cannonball. Epic splash. Unsuspecting friends. A work of art only possible because Greg is already meeting all these same people at AARP volunteer and community events that keep him active and involved and help make sure his happiness lives as long as he does. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org local. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, here we are, our first podcast of 2020. Welcome one and all to the BBC Music Magazine podcast. I'm Oliver Condy, the editor, and with me in the studio today are reviews editor Michael Beek and editorial assistant Freya Parr. Hello. Oh, hello. So today it's the turn of the February issue, packed with features, news, interviews, over 100 reviews and lots and lots of Beethoven. Of course, it's the 250th anniversary of Beethoven's birth, more of which anon. So lots to get through. On with the show. Another busy month in the classical music world, even though it's just past Christmas and we've brought along just one new story that's caught our eye. You'll find plenty more in the February issue. Um, I'm starting off uh, this month with uh, our main story and a quick uh, musical clip just to give you a clue. that was a piece of choral music called uh, The Drowned Lovers by Judith Bingham. Judith Bingham has been awarded an OBE in the New Year's Honours, along with two other female composers, uh, Evelyn Wallen and Helen Grime, who have got a CBE and an MBE, respectively, a wonderful year for female composers and a a sort of quite right to moment to get some of these composers just a little bit more into the limelight. Um, 
you know, one always sort of uh, uh, wonders where all the female composers of the past are, but actually the present is absolutely full of the most wonderful uh, talent, um, many of them female. Um, of course, we got to the stage probably where we don't need to call, call them female composers, but but uh, <laughs> but there we have it. Uh, so the, fee, this is the news honours list, um, you know, it is generally sort of full of musical talent. Also uh, in the news uh, is uh, Sheku Kana Mason, who's the youngest, I think, or one of the youngest to be an awarded an MBE, the, the young cellist who's just released uh, Elgar's Cello Concerto on Decca uh, to great acclaim, uh, more of which in a moment. Um, but yeah, it's it's um, a, you know, a decent list, I think. Uh, I think it's really nice to see Humphrey Burton in the list, who's uh, been knighted. So nice, Sir Humphrey. That is great, actually, uh, and a regular contributor to our magazine. But, of course, um, one of the founders, I think the founder of BBC Young Position. Absolutely. Um, and one of the presenters, of course, very early in the days. Yeah, yeah, he was. Um, very suave and sophisticated he was back in the day. Uh, and also um, a presenter and one, one you know, controller of the, of the arts of BBC Two, you know, a, a huge figure yeah, on the absolutely. BBC yeah, culture, lifetime. actually. So um, it's wonderful to see him at last nighted. I think he should have come earlier, frankly. Yeah, yeah. I was stunned he had hadn't been up until this point because he's been kind of a f- leading figure in that world for so so long exactly but better late than never yes quite <laughs> and also rather pleased for timothy walker chief executive of the lpo uh who's got a cbe you know sterling work yeah. um these sort of chief executives these suits behind the scene really get sort of recognition uh, so it's nice to see him get a bit of get, get a bit of uh you know uh, as i say recognition um but we've just been talking about Sheku, and uh, so you've got another bit of news, haven't you, Michael, have. about well, him? Absolutely. Sheku's set to enter the UK album charts, not just the classical album chart, but the UK album chart uh, this weekend. Uh, and should be entering the chart number eight, they think, you know, mm. which is thrilling, really, for him to be you know, in, in, in the, the sort of the mainstream album charts. The first time uh, a British classical instrumentalist has done that since Nigel Kennedy in 89. So. And first cellist ever, I think. I think probably, yeah. yeah. It is the first cellist ever. And actually, I think we need to sort of put these in perspective because, of course, to get in to number eight in the classical chart versus number eight in the sort of all-round album chart, the, 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 the difference is extraordinary. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, one is sales of hundreds, the other is streams and sales of thousands, maybe tens of thousands. So this is a huge, huge accolade it is, for, you know, for this young chap who's, who's, who's really, you know, I mean, the, the, the Decca have sort of been pressing the Jacqueline Dupre angle, but actually his, his influences go far wider mm-hmm. to Rostropovich and Beatrice Harrison. He's a very sophisticated musician, actually, and and hats off to him. Yeah, yeah. and it shows how much of the he sort of captured the public sort of consciousness as well. Yeah, not just because because I kind of thought there was the big you know applause around him after the the wedding mm-hmm. of um, Harry and Meghan, yeah. obviously, but actually he's kind of he stood the test of time in the last year because often that can kind of be a bit of a flash in the pan, but that he's really. Mean. He's captured the imagination and everyone seems to know who he is yeah. beyond the classical music world. And there's this thing which they're calling the shaker effect as well, which is where lots of young musicians are taking up the cello or going back to the cello and you know, applying to join orchestras and things, which is really great. I would say he looks very cool on the front of the album. Yeah. I mean, he <laughs> really does. Yeah, he really does look the part. I mean, it's, it doesn't look forced. If he can carry no. it, he can carry it off. Yeah, yeah. definitely. You know, I think definitely. if I was dressed in Paul Smith, sat on an organ bench, I think it would look a bit daft. <laughs> I think it's daft. <laughs> you look marvellous. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I want to try it. <laughs> you should. I've got to Paul Smith to, to design me some clothes. Yeah. Um, but no, he does. Yeah, no, I, I think he's a he's, he's a wonderful chap. If you, I don't know if any of you have met him, but he's he's um, 
he's a he's a really lovely down to earth sort. As are all the Canamasons. Mm. Mm. You know nice. what a what an incredible. I mean, isn't isn't the mother now writing a memoir? Now, yes. You know? Yeah. I mean, I bet she's got some stories to tell. Because oh, how many of them are there? Four or five? At least. Four, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're all incredibly. My boyfriend played in a string quartet with I think three of them. And he was just like, they were just on a whole different level to everyone else musically at the time. And that was probably 10 years ago now. Mm. Oh, mm. It's, it's great stuff. And great to see him on the, the chart there, like the likes of Selena Gomez and Rod Stewart. <laughs> Harry Styles. <laughs> Selena <laughs> Gomez. Um, shall, we, shall we listen to him play something yes. from the album? This isn't actually the Elgar Cello Concerto. This is Nimrod from the Enigma Variations, uh, performed uh, by Shekhar Kanemason in an arrangement for him and another quintet of musicians. I, I don't know what the quintet of musicians is, um, but let's have a listen. Sheku Kalamason playing um, with um, fellow musicians on an arrangement uh, of uh, Nimrod from Elgar's Enigma Variations. Freya, your go. Who's uh, winning what this time? Yeah, so we are full throttle on all filmy things at this time of year. We're very much an award season, not only the BBC Music Magazine Awards. Well but the Academy Awards have announced their nominees for Best Score, and we've recently had the winners of the Golden Globes and the BAFTAs have been nominated and all those kind of things. So uh, the Best Score nominees this year are Marriage Story, Joker, Little Women, 1917, and Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Um, and most int- interestingly for me on this list is definitely Hilda... Let me just get this right. Hilda Guthnadottir. Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> the hardest <laughs> accent to pronounce. Um who's been nominated for Joker, and she recently won the Golden Globe and an Emmy for her work on Chernobyl as well, which is an incredible score that she worked with um, going into the power plants and recording this kind of soundscapes. But Joker is a really interesting score, uh, lots of kind of low cello stuff, because I think she trained as a cellist. And mm-hmm. um, and yeah, she's and obviously they've combined her score with a couple of songs from the worlds of music, theatre and pop music, where they've got the Sondheim sending the clowns track and the slightly controversial Gary Glitter in there as well. So there's... Um, it's just, I think Br- slightly it controversial, very very controversial. Exceptionally I mean, controversial. I find, I find the the Joker. It's funny about Joker and and, and Chernobyl, both of which I've seen. Mm. Um, the soundtracks do not stay with me, but I do get the 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 the, the um, impression of a, of, a, of a sort of very um, tense atmosphere in mm. both. I mean, I found Joker very distressing. I found yeah. Chernobyl very tense, and mm. and I'm sure the soundtrack would have contributed to that. But I I, I didn't come away with a sense with of yeah. I must go and listen to the soundtrack, mm. which I think is a hats off moment. To yeah. her. Actually, yeah. oh certainly, and I've only I've not seen the film, but I've only heard the music, and I, I thought it was captivating, mm. uh, you know, as, as, as sort of modernist sort of scores go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think she'll win. I think she'll win win the Oscar. Yeah. Um, she's really having a moment. Um, the other nominees are great, though. Um, yes. It would be brilliant to see uh, Thomas Newman win something. Uh, he shouldn't win for 1917, I think, but uh, he just hasn't won, and he's been nominated so many times. Mm. Uh, and similarly to his cousin Randy Newman, ha- has won two Oscars, but only for songs. So this would be a first. Score Oscar, and I enjoyed uh, the desk plat. Um, yeah, the score. beautiful. I mean, you know, slightly sort of wallpapery. Yeah, wallpapery. I thought it was slightly light. 
Yeah, you know, perhaps. but then it's quite a lightish film. Yeah. But I, I enjoyed it. I actually did see someone's opinion of it, went into the cinema thinking, oh, goodness, this is going to overwhelm. But it wasn't mm. actually the case. So Absolutely. And he's a great composer. I mean, he's won two Oscars before. Uh, um, so it's not his turn then, is it? It's not his turn. He won uh, 2015, 2018. It's quite recently. Uh, but Randy Newman's score for Marriage Story is this really small little chamber score. It's sort of, sort mm. of wistful and melancholic and kind of yeah. really sweet. So I'd love it if he won. But I do think it will be Joker. I think he'll do it. The ones I was disappointed to not see on there I think scores from the last year were Midsummer, which I just thought was an incredible mm, yeah. who wrote it but it was just so atmospheric and so clever and kind of utilised the whole force of the orchestra and also Us that was another great film that I don't think mm. across the board was actually I didn't see those films yeah brilliant and actually the only the difference between the BAFTA nominations and the Oscars is uh, Marriage Story isn't nominated for a BAFTA but Jojo Rabbit is by mm. Michael Giacchino and that's a really sweet score as well oh is that Giacchino's score yeah oh that's wonderful very that's clever a, score. another great excuse to go and see it yeah no it's yeah. Re- really good music and that's been nominated for a BAFTA but not an Oscar so if Hilda wins, she will be. Um, she was the only woman to appear on the shortlist of fourteen, and then obviously on the the final um, nominees. But she became the first individual woman to win the Golden Globe for Best Original Score. Yeah. And if she wins the BAFTA in the same category, she'll also be the first individual female recipient. And if she wins the Oscar, she'll be the first woman in over twenty years. So yes, long time it's since. quite sort of Victorian, isn't it? Really? Oh, it's I mean, just yeah. nuts. You know, yeah. it, it's quite it's quite weird that. Mm. That in 2020, in a, in a time where we think we're modern, we're catching up. Mm. True, absolutely. With all sorts of different other different areas. Mm. And there's a lot of attention being placed on other aspects of all the film. Uh, obviously, Little Women was, but she, Greta Gerwig wasn't um, nominated for for that. Mm. But there seems to rarely be enough attention on the actual composers. How how white and male they tend to be, all those lists. Yeah, you know, I was just looking back at the nominations list for the last, like, four decades of Emmys, and there's not a single woman composer nominated Ooh. until... <laughs> <laughs> She'll get it. This will be the year. series, and maybe the other categories. They've got loads of different music categories. But... Yeah, but then you look at other areas, you know, how many Michelin-starred chefs are female, mm. blah, blah, blah. You yeah. know, there, there's so many areas of, uh, you know, uh, that, that, that just need a kick up the yeah. backside. A lot of work to be Frankly, done. Frankly, there's a lot of work to be done. Right, let's move on for that. We've been going on for that far too long. Let's talk about the magazine. So we've decided to get back to Beethoven Basics this month with our 250 reasons to celebrate Beethoven. Um, It's the Beethoven 250th anniversary. And no matter what you think of Beethoven, whether you think we should be listening to wall to wall Beethoven, whether you think we should have a popper other composers and put him to one side, we think we should immerse ourselves. And our CD features uh, Beethoven symphonies number five and seven performed by the BBC Philharmonic and the BBC Symphony Orchestra under Gian Andreno Zeda and Sacri Oromo, respectively. And our magazine is 15 pages of 250, as I say, reasons to celebrate Beethoven. So a bonanza, as you might say. <laughs> Absolutely. Things from 20 key dates in his life to 20 great works to the 10 famous Beethoven fans, 10 must-read books, 10 quotes by and about Beethoven, 10 releases to look out for, the greatest performers... You know, you name it. Yeah. Frankly, frankly, yes. That's the miscellany. Mis- the miscellany. 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 The miscellany. Miscellany. Yeah, yeah. The miscellany is great. You <laughs> know, actually, actually, twelve, actually, twelve years ago, we did 150 reasons to celebrate uh, Elgar's anniversary, mm. and that was that was fun because there was all sorts of miscell- miscellany in that as well. 
can't even say it. No, it's a really hard word. <laughs> But there is always interesting bits and bobs to, you know, to humanise these composers. Because mm. I always think of Beethoven as sort of a deaf, grumpy old German. And actually there was there's so much sort of colour. Oh, definitely. Um, humour and all these Humour, absolutely. Right. Um, oh, and Beethoven, was that a lot of humour? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, a little bits of humour now and again. <laughs> In amongst the darkness. But he had a hard life, you know, and um, yeah. So, yeah. so we hope you enjoy it. And I think you should hear a little extract from our cover disc, actually. So the opening of uh, Symphony Number no. 5, taken at a rather lovely swift pace by the BBC Phil. I have to say it's rather joyful. <laughs> uh, well, joyful for the first movement of the fifth, that is. <laughs> Yes, that was our cover disc, Beethoven's Symphony Number no. 5, the opening movement, obviously, performed by the BBC Philharmonic, conducted by Jean-Andrea Nozada. And you can find that on the front of our magazine, which is out now in all good news agents, or even popping through your letterbox if you are a subscriber, which I hope you are. Freya, yes. we've we got, we got the awards, haven't we? Yeah, this is, this is the kick-off. It has been a busy issue. Come yeah, on, tell us. Forget the Oscars. Yeah. Forget about it. Yeah, well, quiet. It's awards-tastic. Come on, tell us about those. Right, so we have 21 nominated discs across seven categories, as ever, and it's an eclectic bunch this year. It's really exciting. whole batch of uh, premiere recordings, which is really interesting. Caroline Shaw's Disc of Chamber Works, Gabrielle Jackson, Gabriel Jackson's choral work, retelling the passion story. Elizabeth Kenny playing a whole batch of kind of very eccentric new works for Theorbo. Mm. Um, so, yeah, there's a whole... It was introduced An organ me. disc. An organ An, disc. Don't an forget organ the organ disc. Let's not forget that. Terribly sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also quite a few kind of underrated works by lesser-known composers and these... I was introduced to a whole host of new music by just having a real listen to these. So, mm. yes, the awards site is now open. It's classical-music.com slash awards, and you can listen to extracts from all of the discs, which is, I mean, a pretty enjoyable experience in and of itself. And then you can just vote for your mm. picks. I mean, alternatively, alternatively, go on and stream them all. Mm. Stream them, the whole Go discs, and yeah. download them, go and buy them, all these things. They are wonderful. And actually, I, I, I was counting through the number of labels represented and something like 17 different labels represented. Mm. Was like a bit of a record for us because back in the day, it was always sort of a family of five or six labels that would churn out the best recordings. And now, because there's a sort of a bit of a shift away from the power of the label towards the power of the artist, the artists are really sort of going to the labels are going to nurture what they want to do. Mm. So you really see all the labels producing, you know, equal standards. Um, and it's and, and it's an absolute joy. It They're really interesting is. Interesting stuff as mm. well. It's not the the Mozarts, the Beethovens, the, high, the, the same stuff we always see churned out. It's really kind of unusual stuff. Absolutely. And that sort of happened just very naturally, didn't it? I mean, yeah. I and I were on the jury and had that lovely jury day with the, the rest of our colleagues. And uh, it, it just sort of was a very natural sort of organic mm. process. And we ended up with just this great variety of, of artists and labels, as you say. And yeah, I'm really pleased with the selection. So yeah, get all, voting. Get yes. voting, indeed. And we're not going to play you an extract from any of them because it will be biased. Well, absolutely. Otherwise, we'll have to play all 21. <laughs> yeah, that, would be, that would be a terrible, <laughs> terrible thing. We'd be sitting here for hours. Actually, it'd be wonderful. It'd be lovely. It would be great. <laughs> but, right, um, but anyway, but Michael, you're, you're going to talk about, though, uh, we're going to hear an extract from it, aren't we? The, um, the recording of the month. Yeah, should we hear an extract first? Yeah, let's do yes. it. Why not? Let's have it. 
yes, that was pianist Angela Hewitt there playing uh, the Giga, which is the sixth movement of the Partita Number no. 1 in B-flat major, uh, which she has recorded along with all of the other uh, partitas uh, for Hyperion. And uh, it's a gorgeous disc, uh, no, no questioning that. And it's 20 years since she last recorded these works for Hyperion. Uh, and as the review says, it, it sort of feels a little bit like she's more at one with the repertoire and it just feels a bit more sort of natural and a bit more sort of a bit freer, I suppose. And she performs it on her own piano, which uh, she told me really, really helps because it's a piano she's very much uh, at home with. Quite which literally. is a, a Fazioli. Yeah. Fazioli, yeah. Uh, so she used her own piano from home took it to the studio. Uh, and she told me that uh, it was basically 20 years of, of playing this repertoire, which gave her the sort of uh, the more flexibility, more colour and depth of expression that she could give this new recording. And it, it, and it shines through in this. It's beautiful. Yeah. It is lovely to hear an artist revisit a major work like this, yeah. you know, 20 years later. It really is. It's, it's um, it, you know, it's going to be interesting to place them side by side and actually hear that freedom and all hear that. Because I, I think I think at the beginning, 20 years later, 20 years earlier, an artist probably feels they have something to prove might be a little safer. Mm. So mm. now that her reputation has been cemented, maybe yeah. there's sort of a license to go a little bit more way about it and, and enjoy it and, and, and really, and yeah, exactly, mm. exactly. And she's been on that kind of bar Odyssey of you know playing well, so much which bar, is, yeah, yeah, absolutely. which I guess would enlighten various elements that she may not have picked. And up that was one of the, the reasons why. Another reason why she went back was because she played them all mm. as part of the, the the world tour and thought, well, actually, I've, I I know this better now and can mm. go and let's have another go. Mm. And they're very enjoyable to play those partitas. I mean, they're not very easy to play, but they're very <laughs> enjoyable. I mean, because because they're 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 sort of a little bit more fantastical than the preludes and fugues. Because with the preludes and fugues, of course, you've got a prelude and a fugue. You know, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> and the fugues yeah, are pretty really. naughty. There's no real sort of you know margin for much kind of um, freedom as as there are in these partitas, which are essentially dance movements, mm. right. a bit more colourful. Yeah, mm. I think, and a, a lot more um, variety. Um, not that there isn't a well-tempered clavier. I'm sort of digging myself into a hole. <laughs> <laughs> but I think with dance movements, I think there is a sense of joy, much more joy. Sure. Mm. You know. It's, it's a wonderful recording. It is. It is. That's, that's available on Hyperion, our recording of the month. Love Fantastic. It. Right, time for first listen. First listen. So first listen is where we get uh, a group of recordings each and we sort of enthuse about them, discoveries that we've made over the past couple of weeks, but we want you to get involved as well. So do tell us what you've been listening to, what you've been enjoying, um, and email us at music at classical-music.com. And you could be published on our Music to My Ears page in the magazine. So, gosh, what an incentive that is. I'm going to kick off with a wonderful new disc I've discovered, uh, performed by the vile group Phantasm. Um, I love Phantasm's stuff. I mean, they, they, they've sort of delved into early English music, um, and they've done, I've heard them perform actually an arrangement of Bach's Art of Fugue. I heard that over in Arnstadt in, in, in Germany during a Bach festival. But this is an arrangement of various uh, preludes and fugues from World Temper Clavier, um, various organ works as well, uh, and uh, a couple of movements from the musical offering. And what's so wonderful about this is that they sort of uh, re are really free about it. And where you can't really alter the dynamics sort of mid-flow on the harpsichord or the organ, you can with a vial console. So I've heard so many new fresh bits and pieces and bits of dynamic phrasing and rhythmic sort of, I don't know, sort of um, tricks. Uh, it's like coming afresh. To these works, and and one hears them in a completely new light. Let's let's hear an extract. It's the dying, or rather the last thirty-two seconds of the fugue, which ends Clavier Rubung Three. So it's a it's a 
the big Fugany flat fork. That was a really kind of intimate interpretation of that, actually. Normally you hear it on full organ with the sort of pedal blasting through, but actually this is a sort of a chamber salon take to it, and I, I thought mm. it was absolutely delightful, yeah. and it makes you hear these works completely in a new light. So, yeah, yeah. That's uh, Johann Sebastian Bach, the well-tempered consort, and that's performed by Phantasm on the Lynn label. Great. Lovely. Freya, what have you got? Um, something a little more left of centre. Um <laughs> I've brought Mighty Metamorphoses, um, which is an album of piccolo chamber works, which everyone, I'm sure, was thrilled to see on the list. Yes. Um, so this is a selection of mainly 21st century works for flute and piccolo, primarily piccolo. Um, there's a Copeland track in there as well. Um, but this it's a fascinating album because it kind of it argues the case for piccolo in chamber music. Piccolo's always kind of shoved in an orchestra, does the twiddly bits right on top. Um, but actually this is... It's only really recently that the piccolo kind of became seriously considered in this sphere and actually only recently have composers started writing for the piccolo. Um, so the re- the repertoire is still slightly sparse, but this is a great selection. Um, we've got works by Thea Musgrave, Matt Smith uh, and Gary Shocker. We're going to hear piccolo play the fourth movement, Le Papillon, by Thea Musgrave. So that was the fourth movement, Le Papillon, of Piccolo Play by Thea Musgrove, and it kind of reflects the fluttering of a butterfly and all that, all that jazz. Um, yeah, I just think it's a brilliant album, and it's yes, it's Mighty Metamorphoses, and that is on the Etcetera Records label. He's a good player, actually. I mean, the Piccolo. Yeah. I didn't realise it was quite as expressive as it is. It is. It he is makes a good case for it. Yeah. My sister's a Piccolo player, so I sent her the whole album after. So I was like, order these pieces of music. And I was like, that's plenty for you to play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she yes. just play the Piccolo. It's just the Piccolo. She plays the flute as well, but I think she wants to kind of specialise in Piccolo. And now, yeah. fortunately for all of us, she can. Well, this <laughs> is great. <laughs> You'll never have your hearing ever no. again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice while it lasted. <laughs> Michael, what's your choice? Uh, so I've been a bit obsessed with this album. This is called Saudage, which is uh, by the pianist, Swiss pianist Romain Nossbaum. Uh, this has been released on the Ars production label. And it's a collection of, of piano, uh, solo piano works by uh, Spanish, Portuguese, Brazilian and Argentinian composers. And it's just delightful. Uh, it's, uh, it's sort of melancholy, but it's sort of romantic and sweet and sort of just sort of lilts between the two. Uh, this track is by Granados uh, and it's called Oriental or Danza Española.
Well, yes, so that was, uh, sorry, that was uh, Oriental, the Danza Española by Granados. <laughs> Granados. 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 Granada. Granada. Uh, and that's from the album Sadaji by uh, Roman Nosbaum. So that brings us to actually to the end of this month's podcast. Um, don't forget our website, classical-music.com, uh, where you can not only vote for all the uh, awards nominations and choose your winner, but you can read all about the latest musical happenings, uh, more reviews, in fact. Uh, we're also on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and we have an iPad edition. Uh, and, uh, of course, our print edition. So if you fancy a special discount, you can now get 30% off every six issues, which takes the cost down to £25.15 total bargain. You can claim the offer by visiting buysubscriptions.com slash music podcast. So do go there. You can enjoy the magazine at a reduced, heftily reduced price for uh, six months. Um, so... Uh, it just remains for me to say goodbye uh, to thank our wonderful composer, Christopher Maxim, for these fantastic jingles you've been enjoying all the way through the podcast. And to thank Ben Ewett and Jack Bateman for producing uh, our podcast every single month. So it's goodbye from me, Freya and Michael. Be a whole fresh new set of BBC Music Mag team members to chat about the March issue next month. So see you then. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. The BBC Music Magazine